Hey, this is Marche Price with Wellness Eve Ministries, where we choose to stop living, start thriving, and coexist in an abundant heaven on earth. Our ministry's heart is to be a life giver to the nations. We bring life, truth, righteousness, and freedom to a world that celebrates death, deception, and bondage. Welcome to Navira Podcast, where we enter God's desire for us to become spirit-led, scripturally fed, and kingdom-bred. This is season one, and we're going to be bringing light to what God has been speaking to the prophets and diving into what it means to be kingdom builders from the inside out while stewarding God's call to be the light of the world. Our foundational scriptures for this season is John 8, 12, which says, Then Jesus said, I am light to the world, and those who embrace me will experience life-giving light, and they will never walk in darkness. And also Amos 3, 7, which says, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. God did not give us spiritual eyes so that we could be blind. He did not give us a mouth that is to combine with his and his words to be sharper than a two-mouthed sword just to stay mute. God did not give us spiritual ears to hear his voice to ignore the call of God. This is episode two, and we are going to be talking about re-equipping our nation and rebuilding the kingdom. We're going to talk about what God has been putting on our hearts in regards to nations, leaders, foreigners, immigrants, and even the church's role. Job 12, 22-24 says, But only with him are perfect wisdom and might. He alone has true counsel and understanding. Behold, he tears down, and it cannot be rebuilt. He imprisons a man, and there can be no release. He uncovers mysteries that are difficult to grasp and understand out of the darkness and brings back gloom and the shadow of death into light. He makes nations great and destroys them. He enlarges nations and leads them away captive. He removes intelligence and understanding from the leaders of the people of the earth and makes them wander and move blindly in a pathless waste. In this episode, Re-Equipping Your Nation and Rebuilding Kingdom, our backdrop scriptures come from Job 12, Psalms 2, and 1 Timothy 2. Last year, at the end of 2020, the Lord gave me a dream 
and it prefaces what I'm going to say today. So in the dream, I was going lower inside of a prison cell, being told that I could escape. Instead, I became trapped and I eventually became more unaware of my surroundings. I was following a friend who told me that they would help me. The friend who led me there left me. And as I tried to go through the only way of escape that I could see, on the other side was a large bathroom. But as I went through these doors, they were shutting on my body. I tried to push the doors off of me, but they were heavy. So I had to make an immediate decision. Do I go forward or do I stay in the middle ground? I ended up being trapped in the middle ground. On the other side of the door, there was a first-generation president there. They were in the bathroom and no one else could get in. I tried to call several people and dial many numbers for help, but I could only reach one. In this dream, God was revealing to the nation of America that we are deceived when we head into the trap of bondage We often follow others who lead us into tighter chains, deeper caves. Our past signifies an old way of life. God has called us to leave behind the old. As we go deeper into bondage, we begin to sense fear and not know how to escape. Ironically, we're not wanting to let these doors shut. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is saying to us right now. The Lord says, so many people you reach out to don't have the solution for you. In fact, none of them do. You are using people, whether in a church setting or government setting, to dry to try to bypass me. Jesus, your God, is the Savior. The heart of Jesus doesn't want you to be caught up in traps of bondage. But for generations, America has been led this way. Many have proudly taken this path resulting in generations that never took the step towards cleansing. And the Lord says to us, I am cutting all of the telephone lines. The only line I want to remain is with the Spirit of God. 
and that is the word of the Lord. So the Spirit of God also reminded me of the saints of old being referred to as being asleep until Jesus was risen and they rose with him. So for us, we have been crucified with Christ and now we must become awake. And the Lord is wanting us to revisualize what it looks like to bring a kingdom solution to our lands. We should realize that the solution to getting our land pure doesn't lay in building majority dominant race and ethnicities, nor does purifying our land lay in exiling and closing immigration. Purifying our lands even doesn't look like religious-looking laws or churchy religious-type leaders. Then what is the solution to seeing God in our nations? The Spirit of the Lord God says to us right now, You have been asking for a purified nation. However, what I am asking for is a purified bride. My church must be purified before you witness the fullness of the fruits being birthed in a nation. Because it is my bride's responsibility to impregnate the nation with my supernatural splendor and my righteousness. You know, if God wanted to supernaturally overturn everything and make things perfect without anyone doing anything, then he would have done just that. However, he, Christ, is the head. So that being said, what is in the head even of our physical bodies, our brain? So we must ask for the supernatural mind of Christ so that we can think like him. The body of Christ must have legs to walk and hands to grab others out of the pit. They must have mouths to partner with the word of God. And it should go without saying, but of course, in countries, we want biblical holiness, we want to see righteousness, and we want to see responsibility for individual lives and proper stewarding everything as best as we can receive God's wisdom. However, 
our perspective is often too rigid in the natural world in trying to prevent the natural things from occurring rather than asking God how to respond to what has already come. If we take notes from biblical history, we see that there were not always things that were prevented from occurring that were negative. We can see many off-the-wall and negative things often from slavery of the Israelites in a foreign country to the jailing and misunderstanding of Christians. And even worse, even in the midst of uncertainty or what we would deem unfamiliar or uncomfortable, we must remember that God does not process typical national concerns like we as humans would. The Lord God has already gone before us. And we cannot easily see God's perspective without spending time with Him and in the Word of God. As believers, we must remember we don't change governments and we don't change institutions, but we rather go after the heart and transformation through the power of Christ. Why? Because the heart is foundational. Everything else we see happening is just a shell and a result of overflow from the heart. In Matthew 12:35 says when virtue is stored within the hearts of good and upright people will produce good fruit. But when evil is hidden within, those who are evil will produce evil fruit. We all want changes in the nations, and we even try to change the world systems. But change can be a temporary or even superficial shift or alteration. Yet the foundation in the core is still the same. We can see that God's desire isn't just to add or to change, but to completely rebuild its foundation. Jesus didn't say he would add godliness to the temple or change the behavior of the people to fit the temple. But Jesus said he would destroy it and rebuild it in three days. Then there was a new temple. And so if Jesus does that, with our human bodies becoming temples of the Holy Spirit, then why do we think the process of dismantling physical temples and ideals are any less? 
the overthrowing happens as a battle in the spirit realm. And it's in John 2 where it says, His disciples remembered that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. And the Jews then responded to him, What sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. They replied, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you are going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. So that's John 2, 17 through 22. So we can see here that they had taken an extended amount of time, 46 years, to build that temple to the Lord. And then when Jesus came, he said, this is not sufficient. They had been in that position for all of those many years to where that temple was valid for them but then Jesus knew that there always was a greater truth and a greater glory but they just weren't living in it yet and also I believe there is much pertinence in how at the end of the scripture it talks about When Jesus was raised from the dead, the disciples recalled what he said and believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. So, it was not until the body of Jesus was broken and he was resurrected from the dead that they actually get the revelation of what kind of foundational transformation Jesus spoke was going to take place. So we can see that and say that there are times where it won't be until our body is broken in a similar way which Jesus' body was broken. But the body of the systems and the cultures that we have tried to found, once they become broken, God can bring his new life into it. And then we may not even have revelation of it until we are on the other side of seeing this resurrection life. I'm sure you guys remember 
when the Tower of Babel was being built. And the Lord, he confused the languages of the people and they couldn't communicate with one another anymore. Words are powerful. And in a sense, we have confused our own language with one another in a way that does not promote speaking the kingdom forward. We should think about restructuring our words in a way that we're able to partner with God and usher in his will. Have we ever thought that many times we may just curse a leader or a public figure with the words that we speak? We understand that sin is real and there are consequences. But when there is sin, there's always a way out until the end. Every believer in Christ is a product of receiving Jesus as the way out. So, although some things do need to be addressed, we must be aware of how we are cursing others and how that triggers a curse that develops in the natural. As people, we oftentimes want the path of least resistance. And so we would rather have a person who has everything together come to the front lines. But don't we almost attempt to rob God of his glory if we don't have the faith for transformation and redemption? We are called to become believers in the power of God manifested in the Bible through creation, through Jesus, and through the Spirit of God. From Genesis to Revelation. Have we considered that there are many leaders who have not been overwhelmed with a God encounter? No. I don't mean a religious encounter or a Christian law abiding encounter, but a God encounter. True godliness doesn't lie in the law, but in the heart. This is the foremost principle of the gospel as it relates to being transformed to the likeness of Christ. A person can have all of the education, all of the religion, and all of the laws, yet still miss the mark on God's will and God's leading. This is what we saw when many educated Jewish rabbis and leaders denied Jesus and crucified him. If Jesus came to give life in the full, life in abundance, then we should open ourselves and pray that others would also be open 
to receive this abundant life as the kingdom would have it in its abundant truth. Our leaders need an encounter that brings the spirit of wisdom and revelation. One where his kabod glory brings the fear and reverence of God like we have never seen. Has anyone ever thought that leaders may have seemed to resist the manifestation of an open encounter with God because of the lack of our earnest non-witchcraft led prayers? Where are the true heartbreaking prayers where we cry out for our leaders, public figures, to encounter the Lord Jehovah in his might? Prayers that they witness Elohim in his splendor that they taste the blood of the Messiah, Yeshua. Almost sounds a bit extreme. Well, that's exactly what Jesus said. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. John 6, 56. Everything concerning anything needs prayer. Yeah, it may sound hyper-spiritual, but God does not call us to not be spiritual. It's our design since creation. So, our leaders, our churches, our ministers, schools, Cities, workplaces, hospitals, our lands, everything should be covered in prayer. Honestly, there are too many Christians for so many areas to be left uncovered. This is why sometimes we must inspect our hearts and ask are we only a Christian or are we also a believer do we believe in the abundant power and the sovereignty of God in all things then we must believe that he desires us to play an active role as his spiritual warriors. God, he wants to openly show us how Jesus can encounter those he died for. He wants to show others to open their eyes to see the magnificent power of God Only then will they taste and see that the Lord is good 
they must encounter the power, truth, and the holy conviction of the Holy Ghost, our Spirit of God. They just can't divorce one or two or three. They must embrace the Trinity in full. We often don't place an emphasis on what it means to make disciples anymore. We evangelize other countries often with a gospel of half-truths. It's definitely a fact and the truth that they need Jesus in places where people are not even speaking his name. But most of the places we go these days are some of the most evangelized places, meaning they have many workers. The places that have the least are also the least supported. Also, something to consider is that we evangelize other nations and they truly need Jesus, but we lack in being disciples in our own native-born land. So how can we possibly be effective in the deeper things of God? We can't just evangelize and leave everyone on the street. They must be disciples. Likewise, the ones who are evangelizing must be disciples themselves. This is meant to be a kingdom, family, holistic work, not a one-sided work. Coming into the kingdom of God, one must learn how to come from that old way and into the new way. They come from being spiritually poor to being spiritually abundant with no lack and now part of the royal kingdom. God, he wants the saints to be equipped so that we can be change agents of the world. And so we must be diligent to not just pursue something, build it, and place God's name on it after it's all said and done, but to pursue what and where and when God sends us. Doing it in a way that involves the gospel of the kingdom and the truth of the Father Son and Spirit. 
and it's in the book of Matthew 7, 21 through 27, where Jesus talks about there are people who call on his name, Lord, Lord, and talk about all of these seemingly righteous things that they did prophesying in his name casting out demons doing miracles but he calls them lawless rebels and says that he was not joined to them and then he goes on to say about how everyone who hears his teaching and applies it to their life is like a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation and then when the rain comes fierce winds come it stood firm because of the strong foundation but everyone who hears this teaching but does not apply it to his life is like the foolish man who built this house on sand and when that same rain flood and storm comes the house collapses and is swept away God shows us the importance of the foundation that we build over and over. And he reiterates that we must learn the layout from him and we must not apply a human architect spin to it but we must take the grand architect and then allow that to become this flesh and this reality in the world that we are in right now right now in your country, your city, your state, your community. As we come to a close on episode two, re-equipping your nation and rebuilding the kingdom, We should ask the Lord, Lord, what areas have we allowed curses instead of blessing and redemption? What areas have we allowed sand and faulty foundation instead of the solid rock and cornerstone, which is Jesus? We'll continue on next episode. And this has been Marche Price with Wellness Eve Ministries, where we choose to stop living, start thriving, and coexist in an abundant heaven on earth. Our ministry's heart is to be a life giver to the nations. We bring life, truth, righteousness, and freedom to a world that celebrates death, deception, and bondage. This has been Navira Podcast. And if you'd like more information about Wellness Eve Ministries, please visit our website at wellnessevenministries.com.
Until next time.